This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Everybody, part the great support is playing for a goal. Second to take. The 93rd minute at Old Trafford. Hello and welcome to Homestyle Radio's last Euro 2012 podcast and as it's our last one we're going to do a fair amount of Palace chat as well. Uh, with me today I've got a very veritable feast of presenters. Um, uh, uh, lost my enthusiasm for that already. I have Albert, I have Nick, I have Joe and I have Mark. Hi guys. Hi. Good evening. Good morning. Good evening. Whatever time you're listening to. Good evening. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, Nick, it could be could be any time that they're listening to this. Um, and for those of you listening at two o'clock in the morning, go to sleep. You've got work in a few hours. Well, they should do the, the listening in black and white joke that I was expecting there. No. Um, fantastic. Well, I'm not telling the lads what we're doing in any real specific detail today, so we'll see how they cope. But I'm going to tell you. Oh, you're going to hear. Anyway, um, we're going to go through Euro 2012. We're going to talk about that final, uh, which ended obviously 4 0 with Spain. And uh, have a little chat about the cup, both teams, and then really talk about England's uh, tournament as a whole, which shouldn't take too long. Um, then we'll probably have a, a little tiptoe through the Olympic squad, give you a few opinions on uh, on the selections there, and more importantly, those who missed out. Um, then I suppose, well, we'll we'll take you on to Palace chat. We'll have a chat about what's going on with the academy categorisation. Few rumours floating about on that. We we'll have a nice uh, work through the transfer gossip, and there's plenty of that. And we've had at least ten days of Ross McCormack gossip on its own, so that should be interesting. Um, there'll be a little talk about the a charity game uh, in midweek, which we'll give you some more information on later on. 
uh, and then we'll have some more information for you about when we're back. Okay. So, um, guys, if I can just take you straight into Euro 2012. Uh, it's over. It's all done and dusted. Uh, that game ended 4-0 to Spain, and it was pretty emphatic. Uh, I mean, essentially, let, let's talk first about Italy. Uh, and, and, Joe, obviously you've been with us for, uh, for every episode so far, so I'm going to start with you yourself. And, uh, you're disappointed with the Italians' performance? No, not really. I just think they were comprehensively outplayed. Um, right the way through the squad, I think the Spanish were better player for player. Um, and it was... They just they just looked like... Spain had took a little bit of criticism about just being boring, 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 and from the and literally from the from the first kick, um, they went out, they passed, but with more more enthusiastic passing. Really, you know, it was more zippy, it was more going forward, it was more attacking, um, and and when the Italians got the ball, um, they were shut down immediately. Um, just a complete. I think think what you've done, you, you you saw from the beginning of the tournament. This is what we got to do to get through. When we want to score, we'll score. And then right in the final, when they needed to go out there and go, look, do you know who the real champions are? Who is the best team in this tournament? It's us. They played like it, and and they smashed them. And I don't think mm-hmm. that anybody, nobody, nobody in that tournament would have had any answers to Spain in that final. It's just as simple as that. That's a fair point, Nick. 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 Mm. Yeah, what's that? The um, Spanish record. <laughs> <laughs> did you have your microphone on mute? I did. It's just embarrassing, isn't it? We're keeping it. It is. In. I'm blushing. I'm blushing. <laughs> sorry, um, mate. You were saying? The Spanish are just something else, didn't they, really? Turned it on when they needed to. I felt sorry for the Italians in the end, especially going down to 10 men. I don't think it would have made that much of a difference to the result if. Um, they did have 11, but, you know, in Italy, weren't a bad team. They had three or four really, really good players. They just didn't have as many good players as Spain have got. They, Spain just have superb players in every position, I think, and that, that was the difference. Well, I can sort of take that, the, the focus back to Italy, because obviously, yeah, Spain will rightly get the plaudits. We've got, you know, we've yeah. definitely got a conversation to have about um, how, you know, how... Interesting that style was. I actually thought the final was probably the most interesting football that they'd played. Certainly exciting football. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I mean, I know I was, I was reading on Twitter. Alex, who's not with us today, but um, he uh, he felt that the game was still pretty even uh, until it went down to ten. I'm, I'm not sure. I agree. I just what what struck me very very clearly was that Perlo was just was just a, a look to spend force in that game up against the, the Spanish midfield, and it looked yeah. like a different different side to, to, to England. Uh, I think they isolated him, didn't they? they? Once they shut him down and stopped him doing what, what we didn't do when, we, when England played them, I mean, as soon as they, as soon as they cut him out of the game, um, and, and De Rossi, the, the two, their two main ball players, I just think they looked all out of ideas. But the other thing yeah, yeah. as well is that they didn't, they weren't allowed to play Italy, you know, and when they did play, they played really well. But then as soon yeah. as the Spanish got the ball back, they were just, they were just more, more up for it, I think. Mark? Yeah, well, from my perspective, it was just a bit of a masterclass from Spain. And uh, as uh, was previously mentioned, I don't think any, any team in the tournament, uh, even on, on their day, would have been able to have beaten Spain on uh, mm. Sunday night. Uh, I think they were a little bit unlucky, the, the Italians. It seemed like they did come in to the game with a couple of players who weren't 
100% fit and then uh, obviously they lost players to injury and then when they went down to 10 it, it really was all over I don't think that was a turning point but I don't think it would have been probably 4-0 if it hadn't been for the fact that they went down to 10 men I thought what was quite amusing when reading things on message boards and Twitter was how people were banging on about the fact that England had managed to sort of get a draw against Italy uh, as opposed to uh, you know, losing four nil, and if uh, if uh, if England had played Spain, we, we would have got a better result or something. You know, things like that. And I just yeah, thought that's yeah. abs- absolute absolute codswallop. But it, I don't know if yeah. anyone else heard people say yeah, like, like that. yeah. If I could come in there, I'd, you, you know, Italy weren't a bad team. Look, uh, they did a great smashing grab job on Germany, didn't they, in the semi final? They, they did everything but score against us. They weren't a bad team. You know, and, and Balotelli is going to be something special in the four years' time or two years' time um, in the World Cup, I think. And right. there, there'll be a much better team in the World Cup. You know, the, the Spaniards have been together longer. The the Italians are uh, rising stars. Do you know what I mean? That's what no, I mean. Okay. We, can, we can say about the Italians. The Italians are a good side, but they, they're not even, you know, they're not a fourth or fifth best side in the, in the competition. Um, and, and but the other thing is as well, people gn us up saying, "Oh yeah, we drew nil nil, blah blah blah." If the Italians have had their shooting boots on, we'd have got smashed four nil. So it doesn't matter. It's, it's complete. They didn't do it on a day, but we we weren't good enough to to go any further than what we did, and that's that. No, well, I'm not saying we. No, I'm not saying we were. What I'm saying, sorry, Chris. What I was <laughs> saying was that everybody seemed to jump on the bandwagon of the fact that we managed to sort of nullify. Yeah, but it had you know, flat tyres, mate. That's what it is. We can all say that in retrospect, can't we? we everyone jumps on the bandwagon and we said, yeah, we got a nil-nil draw. But we're, all, we're rubbish. Compared to what we saw in the final, we're rubbish. And the, t- well, the team that was supposed to win it, Germany, they didn't, even, didn't get a look in, did they? Yeah, I think there's a... There's in that as well, though, to be honest with you, because I think what we, we saw from the Germans was a team that... that I mean, I don't, we talked about it before, and... Um, just, I hate to reference my own comments, but uh, I don't at all. It makes me feel like a big man. But um, I, I said I don't. I just think that it was a tournament too soon for Germany, and I think that's what we saw. And, and I think you, you looked at England; it looked like several tournaments too soon. Um, but I, I want to get I want to get Albert's opinion on what because we haven't heard from you in the Euros at all, Albert. So so let's let's talk um, that final first of all, and then if you can kind of finish by talking uh, about well, where do England go from here? I think um, I think Spain were always going to win that final, no matter how how well Italy played. And I, th- I thought Italy played better than people are maybe giving them credit for. Um, I think it, you know the Italy side's very similar in sort of stature to England. Really, you know they've got a couple of you know they've got a great one great midfielder you know in Perlo, and I think you know that's our sort of equivalent Steven Gerrard. They've got a hot and cold on his day world class striker in Balotelli. Um, you know much like. R. Wayne Rooney, you know, blows hot and cold. And, you know, they've got a couple of good sort of fullbacks, i.e. sort of, you know, a, you know, an Ashley Carl in there, sort of Bowseretti, who should have started, in my opinion. So I always think Italy were going to struggle no matter how well they played. And, you know, I think we can talk about how Germany always going to win it. I think it had Spain, Spain ring all over it. You know, they're one of the greatest international teams for the, you know, pick a number, however many years. So, um I mean, when you've got their, their coach saying it's a, a golden generation, and it's kind of puts into perspective the, the talk that we had about a golden generation as well. Um, Joe, a bit more on Spain, and then we'll uh, move on. 
Okay, no, I'm just, you know, this, this Spanish side. See, the thing is, when they started that final, they didn't have a recognised centre-forward plane. I mean, mm. like, that says everything, that when they, when they actually want to, when they want to turn it on, our group was Fabregas to set that first go up. You know, they've got midfielders yeah. that almost can come in as forwards. So they've got, they've got what they've got. I think they've got two or three players that are absolutely fantastic in playing the part. If they, if they were playing centre-forwards, then one, of those, one, of them, one or two of those players would sit behind the centre-forwards, in between the midfielder and centre-forwards, to make that, to make like a, you know, to, to be more uh, offensive, yet also to, put, to pack out the midfield. And I think that's what they've got. They've got so much foresight. But but just the the attacking momentum is is so good. When they get going, they're almost unstoppable. And like you say, I mean, Fabregas when he skinned their their centre back, got to the byline, pulled it back. I mean, the header again. It was another midfielder who's in the six yard box. Like it's a, it's fantastic. The other thing, just to add one more thing to it, right? If they play like they did in that final in the next World Cup. There ain't no one going to touch them at all. I don't care what anyone says. Then no one will touch them at all. Dale, can I ask something? Because um, they didn't play with an out-and-out striker, um, do you think like that's sort of like going to mean that everybody else is going to start thinking perhaps you know we should pack the midfield and and, no. and break from midfield and what do, what I was going to say was do you think that any other team in that tournament could have played like that no i don't but the good thing is see the thing is what we we were rubbish right for having no plan b spain mm. have got a plan b because what they did as soon as they were turning up they brought torres on What's going on there? Do you bring on like, in my opinion, he's one of the best strikers in the world. So then when you tune him up, you bring on a fifty million pound striker who <laughs> scores. But that's what I'm saying. That's the thing. They've got a plan B, they've got a plan C. We we've got a plan A, and that's the difference between us, and that's the difference in 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 the level of what they've achieved now, which is why they are which they like, they've done the impossible or they've done the never done before and they've won the European Championships, they've, then they've won the World Cup, and they've won the Championships again. I can't see them, anyone beating them in the next two years, I really can't. Forget about friendlies, we, you know, we can turn them over at Wembley in front of a partisan crowd at our place, and they just and we'll play 15, 16 a side or whatever, and it's a nothing game. But put it yeah, into but what a about the way? But what about the way they play in the, in the sense that they break from midfield without, without an out-and-out striker? I know they have the yeah, option of I'm playing saying... a striker, but they didn't play Lorente, and yeah, but if... Torres only played a bit part. But uh, what I'm saying is, like, do you think that other teams, uh, like um, club teams and international teams, are going to uh, adopt an approach like that? Or do you think that is just a specific ploy well, yeah, that you, Spain yeah, can do because they have got a midfield that, that can... Or, Chelsea know, have done that, though, haven't they? Field. Chelsea have done that. When their top, when their top goal scorer two years in a row, about four or five years ago, was Frank Lampard. He's a midfielder. I know he was taking pens, but he was still taking yeah, free kicks. Dan Ambrose is our top scorer last season, but he do not play up front, does he? So... No, oh, but you really shouldn't say his name in the same <laughs> breath as Frank. Anyway, Chris. <laughs> sorry, I, I, I wasn't yeah. expecting him to be next. It was, it was Nick oh, I was sorry. expecting. It's all right, Nick. Yeah, I was it's just... Um, it's Joe's fault. You seem flab- flabbergasted that, you know, our Darren... You, you, I'm scoffing at you, Joe, for dissing our Darren like that. We know he's I, better than Frank. No, I love um, him. Iniesta, player of the tournament, Ronaldo. Who do you think? Yeah, Ronnie for me. Yeah, I, 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 my favourite moment of the tournament actually was 
when Spain beat him on penalties. And um, he, he didn't get to take his. He didn't get to. He, he decided, <laughs> I'm going to take mine last. I'm going to get all the glory. He, he didn't even get to take his. And even when he was walking away, dejected, he kept looking at himself on the telly. I saw him. He kept looking at himself. But he's, he's looking yeah, at his hair. He's, he's, looking at, he's, he's looking at the big pitch. He's looking at the big screen in the stadium, isn't he? I love that because yeah. they get caught all the time there. Yes, they're so <laughs> vain. It drives me mental. I do have to say, I mean, I know, I mean, any any Esther got player of the tournament, and um, I, I, you know, I don't think because I didn't really enjoy watching Spain, I kind of fell into the same trap everyone else did, I suppose. Didn't really massively enjoy it, so I, I perhaps didn't appreciate him as much as, as as I should have done. Because in that final, he was an absolute joy to watch. He's just, it does, it's just a hundred percent comfortable, you know. Whatever foot the ball is at, or whatever height the ball is at, you know what I mean. He's just, he knows exactly what to do. Uh, as as you're saying uh, earlier, Joe, it's it's just no fuss for him at all, is it? Just 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 give him the ball, and he'll, he'll, you know, he hurts you. He's got a great range of passing. You know, he's got great acceleration to get away from people. Uh, it's just a fantastic player, and and obviously we we've got Johnny Esther, and and you know he he models himself on a, <laughs> on any Esther if he's even ten percent as good in, uh, in the end. Fall for Esther. That's about as good as oh, what we bless. got. <laughs> uh, Johnny's wicked. He, he's going to be easily as good, if not better, the Welsh any Esther. But anyway, uh, Mark, you wanted to say something there before I've got some questions just, for you. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that I thought um, one of the most. Uh, underrated players, but one of the most outstanding players of the tournament was Spain's Jordi Alba. I just thought he was absolutely Yeah, I was going to agree with you there. Uh, anyone else think anything? And also, I just wanted to say, guys, what do you think about the fact that at one stage in that in that final, that all the players on the pitch were just from two clubs? Did you think that was had any significance in the outcome and of the game and the way that Spain play? I personally, I, I think it uh, it did affect the game, and I think that's why it was quite, you know, it was so good a game to watch in many ways. It was because there was a familiarity there that you don't tend to get in in international football, and it it felt a little bit more like a, a, an end to end club game. I want to actually go go to Albert to talk about Jordi Albert there because you were just ma- just making a point as you were talking. We moved on pretty quick. Albert, were you impressed with him? Yeah, he was ignoring the big big marquee names like Ronaldo, Iniesta, Perlo. Yeah, he was my player of the tournament. He was outstanding. And the fact that, did they say it was 14 million euros that he's gone for to Barcelona? It's what, you know, what a bargain they've got. Is that about six quid now? Something like that. It's <laughs> 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 in that way, yeah. I've, I've got people, a few questions. Don't they, people bash on about Ashley Cole and Philip Lahm, but he, he, he demonstrated that he is definitely, I think, the best fullback in the world. I don't know. If anyone else agrees, he's the potential um, to be the best in the world. I think. Yeah, yeah uh, Lom. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of un, unconvinced, and I think it's for a lot of the same reasons I'm unconvinced about a lot of players, and for a lot of the same reasons I've finished second bottom of the fantasy league. In that I don't watch enough European football. Um, I'm a little bit too Palace focused, and I don't see these people enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to be blatantly honest, but. Um, I mean, there's some there's some talented players out there, and 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 Lom, I don't know. I just, I just there's something about him that he, I don't know. He runs a little bit like uh, Owen Garvin for me, and that's about all I can think of. But um, guys, uh, sorry, Nick. Yeah, are you missing the Intertoto Cup, Chris? It sounds like <laughs> I am. Yeah, um, <laughs> European <laughs> football at Celeste. Yeah, yeah. Before that, the Anglo Italian Cup. Remember that? Yeah. 
Yeah, I was almost tempted to watch Norwegian football because it's on on a Saturday afternoon on the uh, interweb because they play in the summer. And I was thinking maybe I'll get myself a Norwegian team to follow for six weeks and see how that goes. But so I haven't, I haven't it's the really only football that's on. I don't know anything about Norwegian football apart from their Johnny Parr. Johnny, Johnny Parr. Stephanie was. I haven't really uh, changed my tune really. I've really, I actually really enjoyed this this tournament because it's. You know, I probably this is the first time I've watched the, the whole tournament. Even after England have gone out, I'm such a uh, patriot. I just can't watch a tournament that England aren't involved in. Really, usually. I'm the but, opposite. Um, <laughs> Things you do for journalism, I wish, Chris. Yeah. I wish, yeah, I wish I was more like you. Yeah, but, but like, yeah, I just, um, I, I think there's been some incredible football and display, and some incredible clashes of styles and, and tactics. And I, I just think it. Um, I think it was, a, it was a shame in some ways that, that people, uh, plenty of people got kind of stuck on this, well, this tippy-tappy football is boring. Well, it's not boring. It, it's boring, in, I suppose, in the sense if it's not your team. Um, but I, I quite like to see how these different teams were trying to challenge themselves to cope with it. And it's boring because we can't do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you wait and see. People will love it if it's, if it's England. But I think we're a long way off that. Joe, you wanted to talk about the empty seats? Yeah, no, I was just um, I was just really surprised when when Spain scored their first goal, um, and and the camera focused on their fans. If, if you see it again, have a look at the bottom, like the bottom maybe ten rows. There was about twenty people in about seventy five, eighty seats, and I was really surprised about that. A lot of these games didn't seem to be a sellout, which which surprised me. Oh. Um, I wonder how much of that's like, you know, a little bit like a Palace away day. If you look at the front 10 rows, there's no one there because they're all three to a seat at the back of the stand. But I don't know if there's anything like that. But but were they, were they all sellouts? Were they all pre sellouts? I mean, okay, they can't be. Honestly, couldn't tell you. I don't think so, no. But that, but that was a final. That's, like, that's mm. like the major European final. You know, 60,000 there were at that game. Well, they, I'd say it was probably 65,000 in the, in the capacity because they didn't, I mean, they did, I, did, I think they could have done, if they'd have known it was going to be empty seat showing, they'd do what they did in, you know, in the Champions League, when they put that blue you know, whatever, colour netting around the first three rows, um, yeah. so no one can, you know, that, that way you oh. take out 2,000 seats or whatever. Yeah. But I, I, I just found it disturbing, that was all. Oh yeah, I know what you mean, and I, I wonder if the sort of the reputation of, of the sort of the, the tournament, Poland and Ukraine you know, they talked before and certainly over here about racism and hooliganism and all that sort of stuff. I shouldn't have stopped the Spanish. Might have to edit that. Nah, it's fine. It's fine. You're allowed to be individually xenophobic. So. <laughs> Are we all right because we're not broadcasting live? Yeah, we're all right because no one's listening, mainly. Yeah. That's, the, that's the main reason why. They will be we'll now. put it out. Hate <laughs> um, fail. Jesus. Well, I was going to leave it there, but I'm going to have to That's talk about something else very, very quickly. Um, look, to take us on, what, what, what we want to, I want to do really is, is move on to talking about the, the Olympics. Um, so, uh, sort of, in order to do that, really, I, I want to have a quick chat about uh, about where England go from here. Now, we had a little chat about it last time, so obviously, there's no need to um, go into a huge amount of detail about playing styles and structures and all that sort of stuff. What I'm really interested in is 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 how we we go about bringing new people into that team what sort of players we need to be bringing in uh where are we you know where are we looking for these players what what do they need do they need do we need pick more english players to go and play in leagues abroad all that sort of stuff so i mean that that that's really if i start with you joe since you're keen yeah no i, I mean this the, the thing that i'm struggling with at the moment right is where's the next beckham coming from 
who is our next Beckham? Because obviously now, I mean, he's, he's, he's not going to be playing for England anymore. He's, he's been frozen out of this. I think uh, it's a bit of a fiasco, really. I think uh, frozen out of the Olympic squad. Um, but uh, who, who is it? I, I can't see that we've got a ball player. If, as soon as we lose, we've, I think Beckham's gone. Um, I would say that Gerard will, the World Cup will be his last. I mean, where are our, our passers? Where are our you know, have free kicks. Where's that supply going to be coming from? Because most of the supply for this, is, uh, you know, for the goals that we've scored, it's all come from Gerard. To take him out of side, I mean, is, is it Henderson? God, it can't be, really can't be, because we're in a whole heap of, of rubbish. You forget, you forget that Jack Wilshire should have been there, though, and, and there's an argument for Tom Cleverley as well, I think, if you're asking about sort of ball players. Yeah, but yeah, but they're, they're not. We need. We need. The thing is, right. No matter what people thought of him as a person, Beckham was absolutely world class. You know, with free kicks, the anything dead ball, well, any 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 passing situation, he could absolutely pick anybody out anywhere. But we and if you and Gerard can do the same. But take those two out. I don't see any of these young kids doing it for for their Premiership side for Arsenal for you know with with Edison now at Liverpool. I don't see it happening. I really don't. And that's that's what worries me. The future is not. You know, we've got maybe three or four good players coming through. I mean, the the defence. I think we've sorted back five and maybe one or two in the middle. I think we've got a nucleus of seven people, but seven players. But after that, I mean, for cover, where's it? Where's that coming from? Sorry, can I come in there, Joe? I'm uh, yeah, just, on, just looking at the uh, the Olympic squad, and, and you're saying where are the next players coming in? And you'd have thought that would have been almost kind of a, a practice for for the up and coming players. And and what's really upsetting is the fact that they're all Premiership reserve players rather than players like Zaha and, and Klein, who are, who are playing top-level... Well, I, yeah, they are playing top-level football in the Championship, which is a, a faster game than the Premiership anyway, you know, so they're going to be fitter. And they're going to want to prove themselves a bit more. You know, I, I just hope these players that aren't playing competitive games aren't seen to be the next, next breed of England player, because, you know... Who's this corker that, play, who's corker that plays the Spurs? Steve Corker, he's had a couple of loan spells. I can't remember where he was. He was at Blackpool, I think, once. Was he? Uh, has, like he play, has he played for Tottenham? He's got his Tottenham. Might, he's supposed to... Yeah, might have might have had a couple of a uh, couple of appearances. I mean, if we if we if we're talking Olympics, then then and seeing these players, obviously it's an under effectively an under twenty one squad, isn't it? Really. So I mean, we'll, we'll probably go into it in a bit more detail in a bit. I just want to give Mark a quick chance to say what he was going to say. Yeah. No. When we're talking about what Joe was saying about who's our next. You know David Beckham and who's gonna, you know who's coming through. Well, ultimately, there isn't anybody. We're we're a whole generation behind, aren't we? Like, like we're like sort of literally ten years yeah, but behind. Yeah, and there's not there's there's nothing in. The, I would, as an England fan, I wouldn't expect anything from the next two to three tournaments from England. And I think that now, I think that. The powers that be, at the FA and so forth, will obviously see that you know the sort of quality of of the opposition that was on the show at the Euros. And I think you know if you've listened to various radio shows and read the papers and so forth, they've been talking about how they must um, start um, at 
grassroots level and start um, with kids, which they're supposed to have done a while ago, but uh, it hasn't really come on, and then start playing on smaller pitches so people get more touches with less players, like eight or nine players instead of 11 players, and, and generally changing the whole uh, way that they develop players in England. And, and, and they were also talking about you know there being too many foreign players. And then there was the argument that the foreign players bring on the England England players, but I don't think that the England that enough England youngsters get the opportunity to play because they're frozen out by the foreigners. But uh, you know, that's Matt, sort of debate it goes on forever. But I think I think yeah. to, just to sum it up, what I'm trying to say is I don't think that anybody should expect anything from Brazil or or probably the next Euros and probably the next World Cup after that. Because I think mm. it's going to be literally te- ten, eight to ten years before we see any change and movement in, in the structure of the way that um, uh, the game develops in this country. Yeah, that's a fair point, Mark. Uh, I mean, well, quickly, Joe, if, if, well, I'll sort of take Mark's point to you as well. Hopefully it will coincide with what you're going to say anyway, but have we got the right structure in place to take us on that, that sort of longer journey? We've got well, yeah, option but, in charge. Well, well saying that, I'm looking, I mean, I, I agree, Mark, completely agree, eight to ten years. Well, if you, I'm looking at the squad right now, right, eight to ten years, this lot, are as old as the lot that are playing now that we're saying are finished. So basically what we're saying is we can write off a generation, this generation coming up, we can write them off. And so we should be looking. But just getting very, very quickly, look at the way that we play. We are absolutely, we have the football, we have the personality, everything. Out of our kids. So when they come through, they're like little robots. Don't, don't, you know, go forward, express yourself. And I'll tell you now, I said to you before, it was at Cheltenham, and he told me that they're coached out of a manual, and they're not allowed to express themselves. And until we start to change that, and let our play, let the kids show off and do what they want to do, then I'm telling you now, we will never win a thing. I mean, they were saying, I heard on the sorry to go on again about this, but I heard on the radio they were, they were talking about um, I can't remember. In it was they were talking about junior football, and they were basically saying somebody uh, rang into a show and said that. Uh, at our club, we're not allowed to... The goalkeepers aren't allowed to kick the ball. They have to roll the ball out to the back four, and the back four have to work the ball and then feed um, the midfield and so forth. And, you know, and it has to stay below head height and all that. So they're obviously trying to drum in, you know, uh, passing skills and people making space and creating space and, uh, and you know, and good interplay and so forth. So, uh, you know... It, there are obviously people trying uh, to work on 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 changing the style of game we play, which is sort of hit and hope and rush and ninety miles an hour. But uh, how long it's going to take is anybody's guess. That's it, Mark. No, I mean we, we talked before, obviously, about this, and we, we've mentioned, of course, that that there's there's a few things to consider. It's the attitude of parents towards the work their kids when their kids play football, making sure they're not focusing on winning above everything else and all this sort of rubbish. We've talked at length and I don't th- really think we can uh, we can dwell on it anymore because I want to talk more in, in detail about this Olympic squad. Now, obviously, there's the Palace connection that we'll come to later on. Um, but let's talk about, first of all, well, the goalkeepers, uh, Jack Butland uh, obviously went to the Euros and one of the, you know, obviously one of the guys who did um, actually, you know, travel travel with the Euro squad, but we've uh, we've also got a, a guy called Jason Steele in there now. I, I've well, he's been in Gulf Borough, Middlesbrough for a while. Uh, I can remember him playing youth football at the time. I used to watch those games that a uh, certain John Bostock used to play and things like that. So, you know, talented couple of keepers there, but very much English. I, d- I don't, I'm not aware of of the sort of under twenty ones. 
in the Wales squad or in the you know the Scottish squad or Northern Irish, I guess <laughs> if they're in, if they're included. I, I'm starting no. to wonder about the politics of it now. Um, just but, England and Wales, isn't it? Just, yeah, well, and that's what that's all the only representation we've got. So that's that's kind of the first thing I wanted to talk about, really. I mean, I don't again, it's not based on any specific knowledge of the talent coming through, but I guess it's a bit damning for those those other teams unless there's a more political motive. Is it? Um, well, it is the um, English and Welsh FA, isn't it? Isn't there some kind of conjoined thing there going on? Maybe they're a bit worried thing. about. Maybe they were worried about if they do actually play a team that has the Scottish players, then we might be compelled to become Team GB till. Well, I don't know, but there certainly were Scottish players in the in the thirty five, weren't there? I'm fairly certain there were anyway. Mm. 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 Couldn't I be able to name one? Mm. No, no, me neither. <laughs> but um, so I mean, I let's talk. Oh, that's good. Go on, Joe. Sorry, I, I thought all the best players in Scotland were foreign, and, and that's no. <laughs> I'm not trying to be trying no. to be funny. I thought they really were all foreign. I thought were Rangers and Celtic didn't bring any any kids through, did they? They just went and, and bought and bought, and that's why Rangers yeah. are in the do. Yeah, I suppose there's a, there's a whole discussion on Scottish football to be had there. But I suppose certainly, if you say if, if we assume it's not for political or footballing, uh, sorry, political or uh, organisational reasons, and and just for footballing reasons, it's quite a damning indictment, really. On um, well, Rangers have the greatest thing now, the greatest chance to do the the, the right thing by football and their club now, and that mm. is that the, the kids they had in their academy, if they can if they can keep them on the straight and narrow and say, look, you will play for Rangers because we haven't got anything else. Mm. Then, then you, you, you have the chance now to see what, it, what football can be done in the UK. And okay, we're always last to learn the English. So I bet the jocks do it before us. You watch. <laughs> mm. um, so, I mean, going through those defenders, the big sort of, the big name in there is, uh, is Mika Richards. Now, Again, Mika Richards supposedly refused to be on standby for, for Euro 2012. Anyone got any opinions on him being included as an overage player? Mm. Definitely it, silence. It was like, I don't know how the, how, how the bloody hell they pick one. Do they just sort of randomly choose? You know, Ryan Giggs, you can kind of mm. understand. We know, why, we know why Beckham isn't there. He's going to be doing other things at the Olympics. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's just well, Richard. Richard should have gone anyway to the, well, to the Euros rather. And uh, Nathaniel Klein should be playing, shouldn't he? Really, in all honesty. Well, that's, that's what I was going to say, Mark. Um, he, he should have kept his name down for that. It, it, some of these fellows, they're, they're a little bit ill-advised sometimes. I think they should. What they should do is, is say something to their agent, and the agent says, "Don't say that because you'll make yourself look like an idiot and you'll get hate mail." So that's what he should have done before he turned around. And went, "Yeah, I just don't fancy it," or "I'm not going because I ain't been picked for the first team immediately." You know, there are a load of people better than him, and he should put his hands up and say, "Yeah, that, that's the way it happens." I think. The other thing as well is that a lot of these, like you say, have come through the under 21s. They all seem to be of the, of the, out of the same milk. And I think that PS have most of these. So he is au fait with them. I'm, I'm sure this is the team, or a few of these are the team that did win that European Championships. Am I not right there? Yeah, I think that there's, well, there's certainly a, a familiarity with the, with the players that he's picked. Um, I don't know, I'm interested to see Danny Rose in there listed as a defender. I think he's played at left back. But the trouble I think the trouble I'm gonna to get to with all of the, with all of, with the whole squad really, um, is is that there's not a huge amount of experience in there uh, amongst any of them. And when when, when you, you come look, to the uh, board, Yeah, go on, sorry. No, 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 no. I was I was just looking through the squad now and looking at their ages and twenty three, you know, quite a few 
um, well, Tompkins, Taylor, Richards, all 23, Jack Cork, 23. As, as you say, nowadays, that, that's, that's not particularly young, is it? When you look at, I mean, I har- don't harp on about Palace, but as it is mm. the Homestale radio show, I don't yeah. see why we shouldn't. Um, but when you look at the great youngsters like um, Wilf and Nathaniel Klein and, of course, um, uh, Johnny Iniesta, uh, you wonder how they don't fit into the squad in some shape or form. Because if these guys are only getting in at 23, mm. that, that to me, that, that's not really... I think we're on fashion. Putting an right? under-21, that's not really an under-21 side, is it, really? No, we're, sorry, we're, Olympics is under-23, isn't it? That's my fault for saying under-21 earlier, so... Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, so sort of reference. Yeah. Just use that reference right. in the under-21s. There might be 23, but two or three years ago, when they were 20, I'm sure this half of this mob, they won something yeah. to, you know, with, with Piers in charge. But I, I see what you're saying about, about the, you know, with the Palace connection, we've never been a fashionable club. I honestly do think that, no matter what you say, and no one can convince me otherwise, if, if, if we were in a, had been in the Premiership for 10 years in a row and we had someone who was scoring 35 goals a year, we, I'm telling you now, we'd be more, we're just not a very, you know, we're a small club in South London and, and, and there are a lot of bigger fish in London well, more fashionable than, than us. Listen, that's the point I want to pick up on, really. And I, I'm going to talk to you about it as well, Albert, if you're there. Um, oh, I'm here. Hooray! Um, Obviously, we're upset as Palace fans for Palace players not being in there. Maybe we overrate them, blah, 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 blah. There's a strong premiership bias there in spite of a lack of experience. So do you think that's to the detriment of the squad or do you think it's the right decision? Well, yeah, it's, it sort of goes back to what I think it was Nick was saying. You know, Do you pick players that belong to Premier League clubs who might not play every week or do you pick technically, you know, in quotation marks, worse players who are at lower league clubs who play more regularly. It's I can see you can see an argument for both really, but obviously again you can't help ignore the fact that we're all Palace fans and you know Zaha being in the however many what was it thirty five man squad before. Yeah, yeah. You know he should have gone. He's an exciting player. You know people like Sordell at Bolton just and Dan, you know Danny Rose. I know it's different positions, but people yeah. have got in there. There is there there is genuine natural talent there, you know, Daniel Sturridge, you know, Tompkins, Jack Cork, they're all great players, cleverly. But there's people there that are are only there because of they happen to be at Tottenham or they happen to be at yeah. Bolton, for example. Well, well you have picked out a few of the ones that got me a little bit and it's not again as you as you're indicating, it's not because they're bad players or any, anything like that. It's just because they've just not done enough. Uh, and when you when you see someone like Oxlade Chamberlain going to the Euros and you know make you know doing a reasonable job to be fair to him and you know looking a decent player but I still maintain that there's nothing there that Wilf hasn't got and, and Wilf has been playing a, you know significantly more games and and learning more and it I just it frustrates me to see it's specifically him that I have a problem with him not being included. So we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, be Chris. the ones we'll be the ones, Chris, that turn around and say we told you so. We, the next World Cup. Mm. I just have a feeling, we all got to no, he's only going to be with us for another year. If he plays half as well as he did last year, then he'll set the, he'll set the championship on fire. He'll go to a bigger club 
and then he'll get involved, and that's the thing. The same as same as Moses, you know, he, he had to leave Palace to go and play in the Premiership, do his stuff. Never really set it alight, but he had like some quality games, and then he got people think, hang on a minute, now all of a sudden Chelsea won him and Liverpool showing interest, yeah, yeah and, it's, and that's what, and that's what happened to Wilf, and as soon as that happens, he'll become fashionable. Well, what's he all about? Oh yeah, he's the kid that tore Man United apart last year in the in the, in the you know when Palace got the. Semi-finals. See, we'll see, see if Dave Whelan tries, tries to claim credit as well for Wilf Zaha later on for some reason. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, Mark, I was talking over you. Uh, yeah, no, not, no problem. Um, the only person that really excites me looking at this squad is Scott Sinclair, and that's, I suppose, partly because we saw uh, how good he was when he was at Palace quite a few years ago now. Yeah. But when I look at Scott Sinclair and then you think of who actually went to the Euros, um, you think, well, maybe... Scott Sinclair should have gone to the Euros yeah. in place of Oxlade Chamberlain, and then instead of Scott Hopkins, Scott Sinclair, Sinclair player, instead of <laughs> instead of him playing at the Olympics, he should have gone to the. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Euros and maybe uh, mm. Will for Victor Moses should be playing where Scott Sinclair or should be in the place of Scott Sinclair. It's all like it's it's mad. You're sending like these untried 18, 19 year old kids to a major Euros. championships, and then uh, you've got players like Scott Sinclair, who are pretty established players. He was at Chelsea from 16. He's been playing regular first team football for a couple of seasons now playing at the Olympics and he's but 23 I mean, and I don't really understand what is the whole thing is yeah. just bizarre it's then, the whole uh, back to front you know but then all these I, kids, I, I would... all these, what's the point all, what, look what happened when we took um, Theo Walcott to the 2006 World Cup didn't play a game and his career went backwards I know he's started to develop now but it didn't help him did it yeah Mark, well I'm, I'm going to hand over to Nick in a second, but just to make a point on what, you, what you're saying, if you, the situation you're talking about, you equate it to, to what we're talking about with the Olympics and, and Palace players not being selected. If you look at you look at Oxide Chamberlain went to the Euros, plays for Arsenal, Scott Sinclair plays for Swansea, less fashionable, gets to the Olympics maybe. It's, it's that kind of bias. I, I, yeah. I completely agree with you. I think you've made a really yeah. good point. I haven't even considered Sinclair, but, uh, but Nick, sorry mate. Yeah, I think uh, Milner should be in the uh, GB squad. Jill, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, you say, you're saying about uh, Scott Sinclair about him, about him not being fashionable, but the thing is, it, all the stats are that Swansea were the most, but you know, the, the most talked about and probably the best passing team in the entire Premiership last year. I mean, so, 
He's he's played his part. He's held his own. He may not have scored a bucket load of goals, but he's there. He's there on merit. He's a youngster. He's twenty three or whatever, but he's there on merit. But it's just you know he's playing regular football, so we know what he can do. Uh, And Sturridge as well. So there's so there's your two forwards. But Mm. who who else are these no marks? I don't know who they are. I mean Bellamy's there because he's. That's the other thing as well. Bellamy, right? He can only get. he, He can only play twice a month. That's that. That's a, he can only play two games or three games a month before because he needs cortisone injections. So why is there? Why is he there? And Beckham isn't. I, I, don't, I honestly don't get it. Again, I think it's it's all asked about face. I think you know if your face fits, your face fits. If you're fashionable, you're not. You know, Beckham spends too much time in America. I think that's his undoing. Mm. No, I think that's a fair point. And it, you know, obviously, yeah, he's out. He's out of public eye. I know Pierce went to watch him twice and what have you. But again, I think even if Beckham gets picked, you you're picking someone for the name and not necessarily how they're playing anymore. I mean, he was, you're absolutely bang on when you talk about him, Joe. You know, he was one of England's few world-class players of recent times. He, he is still doing it though, Chris. He is still doing it in America. Look at the goals he scored last scored year. He scored some, and he scored one on, on the run towards the goal, 30 yards out, hit it in the top corner. The thing is, eat them out. What happens? If you're fit enough, it doesn't matter. All this oh, look, about if you're young enough, you're old enough. If you're old enough, look at Pigs. He's still doing it. Look at Sheringham. Well, listen. Uh, again, the, 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 pro- problem, the problem is, yeah, well, no, well, hang on, Nick, come on. <laughs> but no, the, prob- the problem is, is that for the same reasons I'm saying, I can't, I can't say either way. You know, I couldn't tell you. I, I, could, I could look at a, a video clip or, you know, something on the news and say, oh, look, Beckham's still scoring them free kicks. But... You know, for all I know, he could have been, you know, sitting down. He could just be a holding player. He could just be a holding player and have one of the kids running around him. Like Stevie Gerrard with, with, what's his name, at the Euros with Parker. Parker was out there to kick everyone. Gerrard was supposed to be out there passing. That's the way that, that's the way the midfield, you don't have two geezers running around like Eddie's chickens, kicking everyone. You have one decent geezer in the middle, kicking everyone, and the other one's a playmaker. Beckham, you can't beat Beckham. I don't care what, he's, Mm. I had a lot of respect for Stuart Pearce, but I'll tell you what, He's, he has absolutely bottled it, completely bottled it. But it wouldn't surprise me if Sir Trev's got something to do with it. But anyway, that would be another Al- subject. Albert? Yeah, I think with the, um, the, the, over the, tw- the over 23 players for me, you've got, to, you've got to look at, they should be, no matter how old they are, they should be people that are there to inspire people, you know. And I think Ryan Giggs all day long should be there. And I think, you know, you've got to have people like Beckham in there. Not Mika Richards and Craig Bellamy, you know. The, the, the point of having these sort of, you know, these ringer over 23 should be the fact they should be massive marquee name signings. If you can convince someone like Beckham to play, then he should be in from the off. The, the other thing as well, if we're really going to take the, the, the spirit of the Olympics completely as it's supposed to be, then we should take the, all these professionals out of it and we should have non we should have non league players, but the whole because there's non league in every single country in the world. We should have non league players. If they, you know, if they're yeah. affiliated to a club, got to be playing for a club or affiliated to a league for more than three years or whatever. You know, so we can't have no Moody's coming. And, 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 and you know, take all these professionals out. We take all the arguments out, and then all of a sudden, Team GB turns up, and it's Billy Bloggs from down the road in Stepney. No one's ever heard of him. Do you know what I mean? This is, had enough trouble selling tickets as it is, didn't they? 
Yeah, but yeah, but the thing is, <laughs> it's, yeah, exactly. But it, but it doesn't matter. So I'll tell you what then. Then the, then the biggest foot in mouth then for it, for this is by not picking Beckham because he'd have had thirty thousand birds to turn out. I watch his legs all bleeding game. So who shot, who shot themselves in the foot? If, yeah. if if they don't sell out for a GB game, then they should punch themselves. And and that's the reason. Get Beckham in there. Everyone would have turned out. I'd have gone to watch him. Yeah. I only ever see him play twice uh, at Palace. Uh, I'm going to bring Mark in on this, Mark. Yeah, no, I wasn't going to go on about bang on about Beckham. I did think that Stuart Pearce's <laughs> comment it was uh, something along the lines of he's uh, he's nothing special or words to that effect was was well out of order really. But uh, moving on, I was just I was just looking again at the squad that are going to the Olympics, and it sort of says you know uh, Jack Butland, and then it has a little you know sort of paragraph about his career to date and it just says you know eight, 19 and uh, yet to make a first team debut for Birmingham and uh, likely to start as first choice for GB after a hugely promising loan spell with League, League 2 side Cheltenham Town last season it just kind of like well you might as well have taken Wes Fotheringham then shouldn't you really mm. that's the yeah, case because exactly. I, mean, I mean what are you what are these players you know at least they should have some, I mean, if you if you're just going to take people who've played League Two at Cheltenham, when as as you were saying earlier, why not just take a load of League One and League Two players and leave everyone else at home? You know, I don't really understand. There's all there's all these players in the team who who aren't aren't playing regularly anyway, or have been you know bench sitting for yeah. the whole of last season. What's the point? Listen, Mark, it's a, f- it's a fair point, mate, but I think it's probably more endemic of the situation with young English goalkeepers than it is anything else. I think uh, there's just there just doesn't seem to be any that are getting any football. Butland's one who's who's impressed and he's come a long way quickly purely on the basis that he's, he's got in a team and played regularly and it just doesn't happen for, for young goalkeepers. Sadly, it's probably because they're home. all sitting fifth choice behind four foreigners Bang on, who, yeah. who are nicking 10 grand a week and they ain't doing nothing. They ain't never going to yeah. play for their, for, for their, for their but, team. But then, Joe, if you look look, look at Palace, you know, we, we had we had Wes who, who went to Swindon in Pressed, although I think they've bought another goalkeeper. But we've got Bryce, but we've got, well, we've got an adequate replacement in young, Bryce. Yeah, 25-year-old... Wait, wait, wait. The point I'm making is that we've got a, a, you know, a goalkeeper in his early 30s from Argentina and a 25-year-old Welshman. Um, we've got some three cracking English, young English goalkeepers coming in behind him. But, I mean, well, we've had, we've had two or three in sort of Charlie Mann, Kieran Thorpe uh, and David Wilkinson to a point, sort of all, all be highly rated and all, all go nowhere. I think it's... Goalkeeping's a difficult one, and I don't think it should be held. The point I was trying to make is I don't think it should be held up as an example of, of you know, of not of picking you know the wrong player. I just think English goalkeepers, they're not they're not at a young age. I mean, Joe Hart's kind of like the exception that proves the rule. If you like, he's he's a, he's a guy who got great experience in in you know at a very good level at a very young age, and is is now rated as one of the best keepers in the world. So it's, it's an interesting one, but I don't think we can hold too much about the fact that, that the keepers are unknowns. Um, listen, I want to I want to move us on to talking about Palace because um, you know the, the the Olympics we're kind of leaving it behind where we've got no no Crystal Palace representation. I, you know, I'm sure we all agree. <laughs> Maybe for differing reasons, we're quite happy about the fact that Wilf's not going to be away with the the Olympic squad. But in terms of ability, we would like to have seen him. And although he's effectively left um, Nathaniel Klein as well, it seems seems odd not to have him there in, in, in the, as a defender when you've got Danny Rose as a left back and 
Ryan Bertrand and I just, you know just beyond me really uh, you wanted to make a point on Jules Gel but I, I do want to move us on so we no, are on, I'll, I'll tell you what I'll, I'll talk about Klein instead the reason mm. the, the reason Klein isn't, hasn't been picked is because at the moment he's still associated with Palace if, he would, if he'd have gone to Newcastle at 35 grand a week he'd be in wouldn't he yeah he would yeah yeah I have no doubt about that mate no doubt at all and I think it's a shame it's a shame we're in this situation we've it's probably not a surprise to, to those of us that follow Palace, but it must be. It must be a. It's a worry, isn't it, long term? Just because you might start players, although they look at Palace when they're young and they think I've got a good chance of playing first team football at this football club. If they start to think, well, if I go around too long, I'm never going to get international recognition, if I'm, even if I'm good enough. That's that's the opposite end. So it's a bit of a nasty situation to talk about, really. But well, the good thing about Palace is at the moment we're talking about players <coughs> that haven't got into international squads. We've not, we ain't done that for ages, have we? Have we ever done that? No, no. You know, we've point. got we've got uh, Johnny Esther, who's who definitely is going to be a Welsh regular. You know that sooner or later, well, Klein will be playing for England. You know that Wilf will be playing for England. It, you know, it's exciting times to, to to be involved with Palace. You know, even if they don't do it when they're with us. Like Wright, he never did it when he was. With, you know, did it for us as a Palace player. But as soon yeah. as he moved on to Arsenal, then he went and did it for England. You know, we're we're always going to be until someone squilly in here comes in and goes. You know what? Let's buy you. Let's get all these players. We'll keep them together and we'll we'll build this team over five years. We ain't going to sell anyone. We'll pay them top money. Keep them all together and then and then. That's the only time that we're ever going to see any of our players regularly wearing an, an international shirt and staying in the same place. In the same place, you know, mm-hmm. we've got a lot of these young kids that play in the under twenty-one level for their countries. But we need, you know, sooner or later, we would have two, three, or four playing in our first team that regularly play for the first team in their, in their countries and not the under twenty-ones. You know, let's hope so, Joe. Uh, and Nick, you said something in the middle of that, or was it? No, no, no. I, I was agreeing with Gerald there completely. Oh, right. I, I did say uh, Kenny Sampson. There's, there's loads of players that um, mm-hmm. have moved on and done well for England. But then, you know, we we had that period, sort of early 90s onwards, where we had, and and a bit before that, where we had a few England players. We had Jeff Thomas and Andy Gray and... Salarco. <laughs> Salarco. Well, Salarco is one who's obviously, you know, came out of our academy, uh, at, went out on loan to Swansea, I think it was, and... Played a bit of football, come back, and um, you know, yeah, he, he's he's one who, who did did all his best work in internationally while at Palace. Um, and, but um, I mean, sorry, it, me, it, me and Jenna are the only ones old enough to remember Peter Taylor, old mm. third division player <laughs> for England. I mean, I that, that hasn't happened since uh, <laughs> you're older than me. You remember Peter Taylor? Must do. Um, who was the other one that? that um, no, seventy-seven, seventy-eight season was my first season. It was was really? my first. Yeah, no, yeah, seventy-eight was my first season. Oh, 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 oh it's, ter- it's turned into an episode where Joe and Nick reminisce about the old times. <laughs> I might have to, might have to hang up on them. Well, um, I remember terracing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk about our academy, and well, since we were talking about players that have come through at Palace and gone on to the in- international scene, that's quite a nice way of shoehorning it in. If you hadn't bleated on afterwards, bastards. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. So, Academy, uh, so, yeah, we're, we're kind of done with our Olympic chats, but um, in the last sort of seven to ten days, we've had the rumour of gaining Cat 1 Academy status being uh, released and then denied. Um, and today it's um, it's come out apparently that we've actually only got Cat 2 Academy status. I don't know which is true. I suspect Cat 2 after our conversation with Steve Parrish at the end of last season. 
where he seemed to indicate that there was uh, something to do with the facilities where he thought we might struggle. Um, pleasingly, his comments then sort of like are worth remembering that it doesn't make a huge difference to Palace. And as long as we get our, our top players on scholarships nice and early, they come out of this fixed compensation system that the E3P has, uh, has brought in. But um, a little bit of a concern. So if I just get a couple of comments from you, from you chaps. Um, I haven't heard, I have heard from Mark recently, but um, but let's talk about it anyway, Mark. Um, would it bother you too much getting CAC two academy status? Hmm. I have. Oh, there he is. Hello. I have to be absolutely fair and say that I don't actually know. Um, oh. How that? How how it will affect us directly? Um, uh, because I, just Mark, can I point, can I point something out to you? You yeah. were doing you were doing the interview with Steve Parrish where we talked about this. You were there. Yeah, that was a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a lesson in this somewhere, as Joe has quite rightly pointed out. On, if someone uh, knows, yeah. I'm uh, quite you know go ahead. <laughs> I, I just I haven't got. I'm well, no, it's, it's getting quite. Awful, <laughs> I am enjoying. I am enjoying this moment. Um, but no, as as you as you said, said Joe, it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't really matter in in the long run. But um. But I think it's it's a little bit disappointing to hear it if it is the case when I've heard things such as I don't think Man, Man United went for Cat Two Academy status. Uh, sorry, went for Cat One Academy status, but they were given it. Apparently, Middlesbrough, I, I believe, are the only non-Premiership club who are rumoured to have got Cat One status. Um, so uh, Nick first, and then Albert, please. Well, you're saying rumours. When when do these rumours become fact? Um, and secondly, um, it's it still worries me when you're looking at Wickham. And they've just got rid of it completely. And we're talking about England um, mm. and how we're going to struggle. And yet we're sounding the death knell, really, for, for the next few years with this, with this cat one, cat two thing. It's, it's the, the, the very dead. fact it's, it's so sort of, amb- sort of ambiguous to us is um, it's a bit of a worry in some ways. But uh, Albert, what was your real take on it? I'm going to put a really nice positive spin on it. All okay. right. Whether we get Cat 1 or Cat 2, we're still going to get mugged off for <laughs> peanuts for our, our youngsters. It doesn't matter. However, we're still going to produce great, exciting talent that we'll hopefully get to see for a few years before they move on. Yeah, I, I like that. That's a very good point, mate. Um, Nick, go on. Is the difference between Cat 1 and Cat 2 having those really flash kind of like Carlos Ricaro car seats at the edge <laughs> of the pitch training ground like Barcelona have got? Yeah. And that's Possibly. the only difference. It's more, I believe, it's more about the ability to go to and take players from other academies. I believe a, a Cat One, because of its supposed better facilities, can legitimately go and take these unsecured players. I think that's the whole point of Cat Cat One status that it, it is categorised as being better than a Cat Two academy. So justifiably can take these players but i mean that's probably an oversimplification but probably that's a good thing to do really but um to sort of add an, an actual positive spin on it as opposed to albert's interest to be well, it's sort of positive <laughs> wasn't it but um <laughs> i do believe that there were we had three under 16s uh called into the england training camp recently as well so that that in itself where they were promptly told to leave for a premiership club <laughs> <laughs> yeah they were, they were tapped up immediately by fa approved agents now i can't say that unless Allegedly tapped up immediately by, oh, I don't know, it's probably all lies. But, um, yeah, look, at the end of the day, it, it shows that we're still producing even further down the line than, than most of us are aware of. And we've got some exciting players to come through next season as it is, um, with the likes of, uh, of De Silva hopefully stepping up 
Uh, Gus Sow is another one who's, you know, extremely highly rated um, as represented England at youth levels and is, is again, if, if people aren't aware of him, he's something that we haven't really produced in a, well, haven't really seen in a while, just a, a true box-to-box midfielder with, with all the skills that you can kind of think go with that, you know, a tough tackler, a, a great passer and, you know, just a, a just a, a a good presence in there um so i'm really i'm really looking forward to seeing these guys coming through really um but i'm just going to take us on to talking about the the transfer gossip uh this might take a while actually so i'm going to first mention the, the, the charity game that we played um palace versus Charlton legend at, uh, was it warlingham something like that um anyway organized i believe in part by by former palace star simon osborne um palace won five two hooray um, there are some pictures on homesdale.net if you look in the gallery on the front page you'll see uh, Ramsey who posts as Palestinian has put some interesting pictures in there there's a fantastic pic of Shipley in there who scored a, a wonderful goal um, sorry Joe you wanted to say something there quick no I just I just, I, I had a phone call cause, uh, from someone that was there and they said that um, yeah, Shipley looked like he'd, he'd eaten a house before oh. he turned up they said he was absolutely massive, mm. um, but yeah, no. But he again, he scored. You know, apparently yeah, he scored he a, a yeah, bit well, of a worldie. But yeah, when, well, when we we spoke to him, he said he'd uh, he said he'd expanded, <laughs> and um, I had one story about the fact they had a large shirt for him, and he had to get Ian Pearce's extra large shirt off him. But like, no, well, yeah, he's got a foot problem, hasn't he? I, I don't, I don't know really. Yeah, he can't keep him out of chip shops. <laughs> but anyway, um, it's cheap, I know. It's, it's an absolute classic. Hey, <laughs> Ships is an absolute legend. I really enjoyed the interview we had with him. I hope to speak to him again at some point soon. But anyway, nice win. Uh, hopefully, that's gonna gonna come through, come true in the league as well. Nice five-two win against Charlton in the league next season will be good. Um, very, very briefly, Simon Osborne got in touch with us and said he'll let us know uh, what the final total was um, that they've raised. And he also said he'd come and have a chat with us next season, which would be great as well. Be good, yeah. Player I remember well from my youth as well. Very talented player. I'm quite sure why he didn't quite go further than he did, but he, but you know had a decent career. You know, you know where he finished, didn't he? He finished. He was at Cray Wanderers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he scored the winning goal that got him into the into the uh, into the division they're in now. Yeah, he, he scored the goal that sent him up. Yeah. Yeah, is, he says he still occasionally picks up his boots for vets games and stuff like that, which is um, yeah, it's great. So anyway, we'll catch up with him shortly. Um, so transfer gossip it is. Um, there is a hell of a lot going around, as it, as it always is. It's silly season again. Um, it's just absolutely crazy, really. The big one that's being talked about all the time at the moment, and kind of understandably because people get excited, is Ross McCormack. As uh, Nick's pointed out, on, on Homestead Online and Loan, 93,000 views so far. Were you uh, yeah. Ross McCormick? 35 <laughs> pages of it. Didn't know that. <laughs> Didn't you really? Now, um, I yeah. thought it was Ross McWhorter from the Guinness Book of Records. Oh. <laughs> All right, it was. Um, we're not gonna, we've, had, we've had it. You haven't got a great amount of time on this, so I'm going to take you through these. And guys, com- uh, let me know when you have comments to make. Hopefully not all about Ross McWhorter. Um, McCormack was... Um, a bid we've rumoured to agree somewhere between 750k and a million depending on what you what you read and who says it um loads of things people saying oh he's gonna sign um started off he's gonna sign for us and it was old bristol city or Ipswich which are in for him 
Uh, then it was, no, he's, he's agreed personal terms, we're waiting for a medical. And it was, oh, it's all officially agreed, three-year deal, signs on Monday, which was, as we record this yesterday. Um, all sorts of stuff. Just some genuinely reliable people saying that, yes, this app is going to happen. Um, and, and reliable people saying, no, it's an interest, but, but we haven't done anything about it yet. Um, and I'll leave you on that subject with Dougie's last quote to Richard Corley on, on the South London Today, I think it was. Uh, he said, um, Ross is a fantastic player, and I do know him quite well, but it might be a little far-fetched to suggest anything. So traditionally vague from, from Mr. Friedman there, but um, we'll see how that goes. I mean, I personally, I, I trust the people who've said Isn't that. he Scottish? I that he is. Yeah, so obviously if they've been conversing in their, in their native accents, mm. I bet that's as far as it's got you know, just, <laughs> just, just ridiculous. And so, so has Parrish said anything? Has anyone ever fronted? Is anyone fronted uh, Steve Parrish or, no, or Steve Browett? No, the only thing that they've refused to comment on anything directly. Uh, Browett said that we were hoping last week he was hoping to have two deals done by the end of the week, which didn't happen. But that shows that's what's in the pipeline. Um, I'll cover what's been what's been talked about there in a second. Um, apparently, I sound a little bit like a robot. How am I sounding now? Better. You How do you better. like it? Just a better sounding <laughs> robot. Yeah. Good news. Obviously, something's going on with my internet. It's Thanks not easy, that. is it? It's <laughs> not. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's disconcerting, Albert. Um, let me let me try that. We'll again. have to cut you off, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I've been wanting to say that to you for seasons now. Yeah, I can understand that, Mark. Sorry, uh, can't hear you. Sorry, <laughs> I'll have to cut you off. Can I just um, <laughs> run through the confirmed ins and outs first, FNAF and R? Uh, the confirmed players in are Joel Ward, who's a right-back, who can play centre-back or centre-midfield. £400,000, got him from Portsmouth. And we've got Aaron Martin, the centre-back, who is on a season-long loan from Southampton. Your mic's uh, a bit in and out, Chris. Oh, yeah, I might have to cut you off. I hate you, I hate <laughs> you so much. Just leave me alone. Can't uh, hear you. Sorry. Confirmed players out... Anthony Gardner, who's gone to Sheffield Wednesday. Sean mm-hmm. Scannell, who was uh, sold to Huddersfield Town. Um, Nathaniel Pinney, Jake Caprice, Lee Hills, Charlie Holness, Calvin Andrew have all been released. And Nathaniel Klein, contract has expired and we're awaiting an agreement with his next club, whoever that might be. Rumours are Villa or West Ham. Uh, another rumoured in is Aaron Wilbraham, who was from Norwich for free. Um, referenced in an article today as... Um, as someone who's already signed. So pretty strong comments there that he is with us. So um, that's, um, that's that. So any comments well, on those one, guys or can one, we move on? One, one to add. I think uh, Pedroza's definitely going. Oh, yeah. Don't know if anyone's apparently uh, they're trying to sort out things with his Mexican side, Atletico Manicargas. Well, he's gone back anyway, is he? Hasn't no, he gone back know. already? So I don't know. Phil Alexander is is sorting it out apparently. So, mm. uh, Albert's uh, proposed the one player you would like to sign. Uh, question there, really. So I'll start with him, Albert. Uh, Ross McCormick. Yay. Um From our list, I, quite, I haven't talked about him. I quite like the look of the uh, of Aluko, um, a left winger from Rangers, who's refused to transfer to the, uh, the 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 new Rangers, whoever they might be. Um, any thoughts, Joe? Uh, oh, mm. 
about six months ago, I was laughed off the board, right? Because I turned around and said that I thought we should put Owen. I thought we should have got Owen, but and pay him on a game for game. You know, if he wants eighty grand a week, give him eighty grand a week. But if he scores the goals, because he will score goals in the championship, I don't care what anyone says. If he got us up, if we have to pay him a million, you know, whatever it is, a million pound a year in wages, if we get to the Premiership, it's seventy million quid. It, it just, I don't know. I'm never Michael talking you on that. Michael Owen or Owen Hargreaves. No, Michael Owen. You can't. No, we, we need us. We need a pure, just a player who we can turn around and go. Do you know what? Not like Wilf. What is he? A centre forward or a winger? What was Scannell? Centre forward or a winger? We need someone who is a centre forward. So we, if, we if need we someone who talk, can stand up. Yeah, but don't we? The thing is, he, he is what he is. He's tried and tested. The thing is, Man United pay him £120,000 a week to sit on a bench and they bring him on for Champions League games. Now, he's good enough to play in the Champions League when it gets going, right? He is good enough to play at the Palace in a bloody championship. He is, but, but at the same time, for a club like us, right, and this is why I'm never going to agree with you on this, other than whether you consider it realistic, whether you consider we should be spending that sort of money or it's a reasonable gamble. For it's a 250 club, grand for, each for the four for guys. A club, for a club like us, this got, this, this, that player, right, Michael Owen, is not going to sign on a pay-as-you-play deal for Crystal Palace Football Club, right? He'd, he'd sooner retire than do that, right? Michael Owen would require a high basic wage if he was to even consider joining a championship club. And we cannot take that risk. On and a life support. And a life support. Well, Chris is not cheap. Wait, on a player with detachable hamstrings, we can't be playing that and making that sort of risk. There, there isn't that money. No one has got that money. The only people that could have paid that amount, of, that amount of money, and we've just found out now, are completely in the shit. Is Cardiff? There ain't no one, no one at all, uh, right? Uh, uh, crap, Jill. Absolute crap. There's so many teams who are still spending that sort of money. You just go through it. Bright, our mates down the road at Brighton are spending that sort of money. You see, you know, they brought in this week. Unbelievable. We laughed at Doncaster for signing Juve and Chimbonda yeah, and people yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, they were signed, were they? Yeah. They were just yeah, shot the window. And look what it yeah, did it, for exactly. Mm. Exactly. And look at the wages. Now, listen, it's crap, mate. It's crap. There's people throwing sort of the sort of money that we would never rightly, and rightly so, we would never go near. If Michael Owen's going to sign for a championship club, it's not going to be Crystal Palace. No, it's Crystal Palace. Eh? Crystal Palace are not going to spend that money, and they're right not to spend that money. Mark, you wanted a comment? Yeah, uh, that's that's not going to happen. But uh, why I quite like the record. <laughs> <laughs> well, Some nice I've never heard so much B O W L O C K S in my life. But oh, there we go. Sure, <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway, I think uh, looking playing, at Mark. realistic targets. I think uh, we, if we are in the hunt, and I know we always get talked about, I think George Boyd would fit into Palace really well, and I'd like to see Yaya Banana. <laughs> of course, Yaya Banana. <laughs> From well, listen, sure. Mark, yeah. you've led me neatly onto what I want to do, a very, very quick roundup, and we'll come back to those uh, so you can give me some comments. I'll come straight back to you. But um, obviously, also on that list, uh, we've been linked with a loan for Nick Powell from Man United. Don't see that happening. Think he'll stay up north. Uh, was talk of Sam Baldock that's very much died down, and most of that came from the West Ham end trying to claim that they were getting Zaha from us, uh, which is summarily denied repeatedly uh, by Steve Parrish on Twitter, and again this week that happened. In fact, the last couple of days, someone from West Ham tweeted him, said, are oh, you guys in talks with West Ham now? And Steve Parrish replied with a simple no. And they accused him of lying and so on and so forth. Uh, there's still the, obviously, the rumours of us, uh, the players that Popovich was looking at, 
uh, rumoured to be Josh Kennedy is a striker or Matthew Spiranovic is a centre-back. Um, uh, that's the Australian one and the South Korean as well. But uh, Lenny Lawrence talks about the fans for him. Not too sure who he was. Uh, Connor Murphy is one who's been strongly tipped to join us. Uh, he's a young uh, striker who's got no club at the moment because his club in Ireland folded. Uh, Gel, very, very quickly. Yeah, no, no. Before I get completely ridiculed about this my clothing thing, uh, I'm just saying, have... I mentioned that six months ago, but what I'm saying is we need a forward, a proper, proper forward. No matter who he is, we need someone who is a forward. Not, not a mixture of. All right, Gel, that's, Gel, that's my Gel, bit. Yeah, I know it was, I know it was. And I'm certainly not going to agree with you on that. I disagree with you on that, sorry. <laughs> if, <laughs> but, if we're going to but... play like Spain, we don't need forwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, well, see what we've done. We've bought a replacement in for Klein already. That's the other thing. Can we shut that bloody that Klein thread down? That's going on six or seven pages now. It's getting boring. He doesn't yeah, play for us anymore. Yeah. If he comes and trains with us, it's because he wants to keep fit, right? Until he gets sort of thirty, fifty grand a week, whatever it is. He don't play. Someone's got to go on and go. Look, he, don't, he ain't a Palace player no more. Honestly, I've not. I've not eighty grand pay as you play deal. Mm. <laughs> 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 I've, uh, I've not read the thread to be honest with you Joe because he's not a Palace player but I'll certainly go and destroy it for you um, <laughs> that's what I'm saying but, yeah, we've, yeah. but we've got the fella in from Portsmouth to take his place so we've made a positive it's a positive we've got another centre back in it's a positive it's at the a... back in the last year we've got a pyre in it's a forward that's another positive but the thing is we've got all these forwards we've got to play them they're Palace players we've got to start playing them instead of just going out and doing our uh, plums spending loads of money that we ain't got yeah, no, that's right. That's absolutely right, mate. And listen, uh, you, you are you're absolutely spot on to talk about um, the fact we've signed Joel Ward um, and who who D- Dougie Friedman has said at the fans forum he's convinced he will be better than Klein. Uh, so we'll, we'll he better might be seen. Yeah, he's he's a tall lad. He can play centre. <laughs> well, yeah, so yeah, he's got that. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, Connor Murphy's a, a young striker. We're, we're rumoured to be taking a serious interest in, and and was rumoured to be sort of signing around this sort of time now. Uh, still nothing on that. Uh, George Boyd, uh, we got uh, a rumour that we had been accepted, which was very quickly denied by Steve Parrish. I mean, all I would say is Steve Parrish is quite was quite quick to deny a bit being accepted for George Boyd. Said nothing on McCormack, so that would possibly possibly point to that being a genuine truth there. Um, Dougie Freeman denied this move, but we were rumoured by a decent source to be uh, interested in permanently signing Jose Baxter. Um, also, some rumour that I hope that thankfully has gone away. We were looking at David Connolly, who was at um, was it Southampton last year, 35 year old. Um, Simon Church, Reading, Reading message board said we had an interest in signing Simon Church on a permanent basis, not heard any more. Uh, Jeffrey Schlupp of Leicester, he's a young player with them, he's only available on loan. We were linked a couple of weeks ago and linked again today. Um, bit an interesting one, decent player. Uh, the funny, the, the fun name, Yaya Banana from Socho. Um, that's a, just a, a happy uh, um, Rumour, just quite. And you know, obviously, it's just given two sets of message boards about uh, an hour or so to just list banana puns. Um, guys, any thoughts? I could do yeah, a banana. I, um, it was between between Birmingham and us for Peter Ramage. Have you heard that? No. Were you having trouble hearing me? Yes. No. Yes. How much of that did you hear? Uh, none of it, thanks. Enough. Yeah, right, yeah. Cool. enough. That's yeah, just, just plenty. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. Not heard uh, Yeah, I heard that. Uh, yeah, he had the pick of Palace or Birmingham. <laughs> but anyway. Okay, so um, 
Yeah, and finally, Chris Martin, we're continuously linked with. Um, I don't see that one happening. Freeman said we made no contact with Norwich on that one. Uh, some rumour that we were looking at Mark Pugh from Bournemouth, who's a left winger, decent player. Wouldn't be, wouldn't be surprised, but again, nothing confirmed on that. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, there was uh, talk of Zahar to West Ham, which was been denied and it's just it's not happening and Antonio Pedroza is very much on his way back to Mexico by the looks of things as Mark was suggesting earlier that is a roundup of everything we've heard rumor wise um, I'm quite tired after that really any any gems that you're not that, that weren't in there guys or should we move swiftly on move swiftly on Chris moving swiftly oh, on good. Well, it's all rumours, isn't it? So it, we'll it wait is There's no, you know, there's no secret sauce for us that we have. No secret sauce. Mm. Anyway, um, get a big bag later. You're underwater again. Oh, I? Uh, I don't know what's happening. I've got. Listen, I've got. Um, what do you call it? Fiber optic internet. So why is why is it doing this to me? Eh? Mark, is it your fault? Are you sure you haven't got dial-up? No, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to get this sorted for the new season. And uh, talking of that, um, obviously players are back uh, tomorrow as we record this, which is Wednesday the 4th of July. That will be. Um, but we're back on the 1st of August. Got a nice long break. Um, it is the 1st of August. I'm pretty sure it is anyway. Uh, we'll be back for a, um, a show of some sort, I believe. It's the Cray game, isn't it? Jill, you must know. I'm, oh, I'm supposed to be down that uh, for that uh, one. Sorry, <laughs> sorry I was had Mikey shouted in my ear really conveniently that uh, <laughs> it was the Cray game. Yes, it was the Cray game. That's what he said. Oh, Jesus, that really yeah, that's, hurt. That's on the uh, on the first of August. Yeah, when uh, <laughs> it is. We're all going to go down there on mass and get in free uh, and, and terrorise everyone. You'll have myself um, commentating on that game with uh, Palace Guard which should be interesting. Ross from five minutes down under. Remember that? Um, he's yeah. Well, that that went on for 12 minutes. minutes. Yeah. The 12 minutes, five minutes down under. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> he's that. an interpreter for that. Possibly, possibly. Um, and, and any, any, well, hopefully there'll be more, more of the team lurking around and grabbing a few interviews and things. Be careful. Like that. So, we might go off and, um, commentate for some other station halfway through, like he did with the, um, <laughs> six aside. He did. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch him. Um, so that's when we're back, properly, 1st of August. And Where then is Cray? Um, well, they play at Bromley probably. Football Club. It's probably a conversation we could have when we're not... Anyway. People might want to know. What the internet's Me for. being one of them. <laughs> well, it, it, on the, they, they ground share with, uh, with Bromley at the moment, um, down at Hayes Lane, which is uh, just on the outskirts of Bromley. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it'll be a good game. It's just a, it's an annual game that takes part, um, takes place every year. So, but uh, that's, that's annual, but, then, isn't it? Really? Uh, yes, yeah. But I did say <laughs> last time, just yeah. just uh, for those that don't know, um, is that if you've got a Palace season ticket and you turn up with it, you'll get in for free. So well, even to that game, it, to all the games, to it, to every yeah. single game yeah, this season. Won't, we won't get any season tickets before then. <laughs> well, as, as, talking about uh, Palace admin. Well, yeah, not... I, I suppose so. But if anyone does get theirs before the first of August and they want to go down there and watch, uh, yeah. watch all the young fellas that we've been talking about, um, yeah. then, uh, then then they'll get in for free. So if you have got a season ticket, and that goes for for any game throughout the season, and that's yeah. all courtesy of Gary Ullman, um, who's the Craig chairman, but also an associate director at Palace, as we've already discussed a few weeks ago. Well reminded, Joe, and hopefully people take advantage of that. But like I said, if you can't get to that game, 
we will cover it in full in pre-season. And also keep an eye on our Twitter account, um, at Cole Radio, where we'll be giving updates on most of the other pre-season games. The only one I can't get to is Bath City, so unless we've got someone else who's going to that, um, you have to look elsewhere, I'm afraid. But everything else... Can't, can't make fun. a game. I know, it's the first game I've missed include, uh, since... Yeah, it was bad, isn't it? The first possible game I could go to, and I'm missing it to go and watch the cricket. Ah, dear... Dear, oh dear. Anyway, so um, anyway, shortly after the Cray game, we'll be back with a specially recorded pubcast, uh, which we shall be doing. Um, which, which I was distracted by. <laughs> I, I heard that. Did you hear that one? By was that Mikey? Someone yawning in my my eye there. <laughs> I? Mm. That's a hint. Fuck's sake. Oh, I've got yeah, to go. I've got to go, chaps. Have a good yeah, summer. Yeah, yeah, we've See all got to go. Side. Yeah, see, see you, you on the other side. Yeah. See you, Nick. And, um, Sleep yeah. well. We'll buy we'll buy McCormick by by Thursday afternoon. <laughs> Cheers, Nick. Bye. See you later. He's in um, the know, isn't he? I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna tell any of you now. I'm just just yeah. Just I'm not gonna I was gonna give you an, an indication on what we're gonna bring you as our first show of the season, but since Mike Mikey's Please. just decided to um to annoy me so instead of that i'm just going to thank nick who's gone i'm going to thank mark Joe, albert and not thank mikey you. Uh, thank, thank you. you very much for your time today guys and we'll be back soon cheerio exterminate it's the 90th minute all your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.